Richards Bowie Versus Tillian Is this year when I'm glowy Am I killing? I hope it's not a blowy Or a villain It's time for Bowie versus Dillian. Hello, welcome to Bowie versus Dylan. I'm Charlie, and I like Bowie. I'm Jake, and I love Dylan. And uh, today we're looking at a year, Chaz. That's what we do on this podcast. That year, of course, is 2009. But before we do that, it's time for a little shout-out corner. We've been corner. We've been promising that if you email us oh, at yeah. Billy versus oh, Billy yeah. at gmail.com, which is our, uh, which is our handle, uh, you will get a shout-out on the air. So I'm going to do that real quick for three individuals. You ready? Yeah, I'm right. I have uh, three. I apparently have a fantastic. Well, one is a one is a special guest at the very end. Uh, okay. Who I'll tell you about. So uh, number one is a is a gentleman named Rourke. He, Rourke. He, he emailed us and he sent some sweet high res gigantic pictures. <laughs> did you see that in your in your inbox? I did. I they did. were I'm like actually looking again. Right they were now. like massive. I couldn't even like take them all in because they were so mm-hmm. big in my browser. Anyway, they're uh, sweet concert tees. From uh, his parents apparently went to a bunch of those junky mid to late '80s Dylan shows, the ones where he was with the Grateful Dead and Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers and all that stuff. Uh-huh. And they're magnificent. If I had one, I wouldn't be sad. So <laughs> this was the one that I was. T- I, I was the episode I was talking about uh, uh, seeing a Bob Dylan T-shirt at the thrift store and That's not right. buying it. That's right. So like Rourke, Rourke, <laughs> I know. Thanks a lot, Chaz. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. I don't even care what. I don't even care if it's bootleg or what. You know, give me some, give me some Dylan tees, would you please? I mean, if I remember right, it was just kind of like middling. If it was insane, incredibly awful, I, I would know, have bought but it. If it was incredibly good, I would have bought it. Probably. Right, right. Well, that's incredibly what, awful, definitely. That's why it's at a Goodwill. I think it's, it was just kind it's, of boring. It's middling. It's like the. It's like it's the, middling. It's like the corduroys at at Goodwill. You know, you just they're just middling corduroys. They're not great. <laughs> I was just thinking of things at Goodwill, you know, like pants. <laughs> like specifically corduroy pants. Yeah, well, it's only because I've been looking. I've been looking for a good pair of corduroys, and they're just they're just mm-hmm. not generally in the culture right now, unfortunately. No, no, it's true. <sighs> so anyway, fans, if you have a nice pair of corduroys, that's uh, thirty thirty. It's thirty waist, thirty length. <laughs> uh, send them my way. You know, let me know. I'll, I'll give you my okay. address for All that. Right. Okay. So number two shout out is for our old friend Gary. We know Gary. We love Gary. He's continuing to uh, uh, engage with us via the email. So thank you, Gary. You're the man. And uh, third shout-out is for my old friend, Terry Hagio. Did You probably met Terry Hagio at my wedding. Sure, at the very I least. Terry a few times. Terry. Anyway, she's probably our biggest fan. She listens to all of our podcasts, Jess, if you can believe it. Wow, that's more than me. And she had just visited us this last uh, weekend, and she was like, oh, I feel like I've been talking with you guys. I feel like I know your brother, Charlie. I was like, you do. That's exactly how he is in real life. Uh-huh, all the so time. anyway, thanks, Terry. She's I know you no doubt an unsatiable thirst for David Bowie. <laughs> I don't think she does. I'm but gonna have to assume she doesn't for Bob Dylan either. She just likes to listen to the podcast. It's it's very sweet. Even though she's not, even though she's not a big fan of Bowie or Dylan, that's correct. She's a big fan of us. I love it. 
I mean, that was how I, I first started advertising. I suggested to everyone that if they were a fan of Bowie, or a fan of Dylan, or a fan of you, or a fan of me, right. they'd probably like the show. And if and they're a fan of all four, then it's pretty much guaranteed. And it turns out that that particular Venn diagram consists of 11 people. That's it. <laughs> that's that's well, who likes all those people. Who like all four of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. There are very many people in the world. All right, so thanks, Terry. And, uh, and uh, Chaz, I'm going to throw it over to you for a little David Bowie news for the year 2009. Hey, hey. So, Whoa. Uh, I'm going to, while I'm talking about this, go around and run down and get something that I forgot because I forgot it. But it's 2009, and this is yet another one of the Davecation years. Oh, Davecation, of course, being the terrible pun that I personally have decided to give to the uh, years between 2004 mm-hmm. and 2012. When Bowie just didn't do very much at all. He took a day Where he had a heart attack in 2004. He stopped touring forever. He did like a couple scattered shows. He didn't release another album. Uh, his last album was 2003. And he didn't release another one until 2013. He just kind of disappeared. Everyone kind of thought he was dying or something. Like, yeah. retired, whatever. And he came back went a big way in 2013. Anyway, these years are notoriously difficult to do so we scattered them throughout the shows but this one mm. was a strange cornucopia of delights jake <laughs> mm-hmm. tell me more all kinds of weird stuff happening here and we'll get to more of that later on all right can't wait. let me kick things off with a rare occasion when bowie and dylan worked vaguely on a project together what an actual project together kind of okay and you'll see why all right tell me why. i don't know if you were aware of the Compilation War Child Presents Heroes. No. Are you aware of this one, Jake? I'm not aware of it. It came out in 2009. Okay. The whole premise of it was that big, famous musicians picked young, hot, and young artists that they liked okay. to cover one of their own songs. And they had to, like, they decided what the artist they wanted and they decided what song they wanted the wow. artist to cover. Interesting. Kind of a cool idea. It I is a cool idea. idea. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in. And so it features such. Uh, Strange things as Hot Chip covering Joy Division, mm-hmm. the Yeah Yeah Yeahs covering the Ramones, yeah, Franz Ferdinand covering Blondie, mm. Rufus Wainwright covering Brian Wilson, ooh, the Scissor Sisters covering Roxy Music. These are like a lot of you know hot young artists. Yet, I was going to say these sound many, familiar. Many of which have kind of disappeared since then. That's okay. They have. It's Peaches fine. covering Iggy, Iggy Pop. Yep. Uh, Oboe covering U2. Okay. Um. Several more, but that, that's a good representative right there. Oh, Lily yeah. Allen covering The Clash. Very 2009. Very 2009. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But two of the artists covered, Jake, here. This is a multiple-choice question. Oh. Uh, which famous artist is the uh, opening track on this compilation? You have two choices. Okay. I'm not telling you what the choices are. Wait, what? Do two guesses. Do two guesses. Which famous artist is covered on the first track on here? Okay, I have two, two guess- guesses. I have two guesses, and yeah. uh, I can pick from literally any famous musician yep. mm-hmm. in his in in rock and roll history. In history, basically. and you have two guesses. Yep. Okay, and we're on a podcast named Bowie versus Dylan, and yep. you're, uh-huh. giving, you're uh-huh. giving me two choices. Uh-huh. Boy, that's rough. Um, no. Well, I'm just staring at my coffee mug right now, and it says. Bowie and Dylan. So I'm going to say David Bowie and Bob Dylan, and or Bob Dylan. Your second choice, Bob Dylan, was correct. Yes. Oh. He was covered by that Woo. hot young artist in 2009, Beck. <laughs> 
on his way out. I mean, not so much up and coming as he was coming wet. At that he was point. just yeah. He, he was on his way out. He was on his way out. To he had times. gone. He had gone a little. With that said, he does a rock and rendition of Leopard Skin Pillbox Hat. Wow, you know this is sounding vaguely familiar now that you say all of this. I, mean, I was very excited about it when it came out. It yeah, was, yeah. It's I a think... mixed bag, as these things always are. Well, sure. Hot tracks in there. Okay, and that's all hot. right, Jake. I have another. Gaz, another question for you. That is, which artist, which famous artist yeah. is covered on the final track okay. All right. of this compilation? Now, you only have one guess on this one. Now, again, I can pick from any famous musician. Any famous musician in, in history. In yep. rock and roll history. So rock like and roll, yep. 1953, let's say, up until the present day. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, oh, yep. That's literally thousands of choices. But I'm just going to go out on a limb and say it was David Bowie. Oh my gosh, Jay! How do you do it? How hey, do you do it? I'm feeling hot today, baby. <laughs> Woo! Anyway, Bowie. So Dylan is the first track, and Bowie is the final track. Wow, symmetry! Uh, he has he has TV on the radio covering him. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Very 2009. Yeah, and as the name <laughs> of the compilation suggests, they did the song Heroes. No, is it any good? It is good. It is good. I love me some TV I, on I the like radio. TV on the, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or in 2009, I love me some, back. I I some back, too, but not as Well, much yeah, of course. So this was a project that they both sort of had something to do. I mean, they had to pick the artist. Like, they had to agree to it and pick the artist and pick what song the artist was going to sit play. Interesting. So, like, they were involved in this. I mean, it's not, you know, like them in the studio together or anything. They weren't, like, it's uh... It's still as close as they probably ever got. They didn't have coffee together and go over their options. That's possible. They were like, like, hey, don't pick Beck. I want Beck. <laughs> David Bowie's like, uh, he come and went. Um, um, it's yes. something hot new. Hello. Let's get... Champion. Is it going to be Arcade Fire or Deerhoof or TV on the radio? Is it going to be radio on the TV? And we're going to put this hot young artist named Beck. <laughs> he was growly voice by then, sorry. <laughs> growly voice then. Yeah. That's got a growly. So there you go. All right, awesome. That little number came on out there. Good old <laughs> opening shot. That's right. All right, next up, 2009 was a milestone for Bowie in that it was his final film appearance. Ooh, we have a Bowie in film the, appearance. Uh, in a couple dozen movies he was in in some capacity. It was his final one. It was just a cameo. It okay. was a movie called Band Slam. Band Slam? Here's my description that I this, wrote based this, on descriptions I read. This sounds great. Five plucky teenagers uh-huh. have to put aside their differences as of they course. learn what it takes to be in a band and what it takes to be a friend. Oh, yeah. And also what it takes to win a recording contract or some big competition called Band Slam. Okay. Spoiler alert, they lose. <laughs> oh, but they, but they learn something about so life Jake, in the process. If you think this sounds terrible. It does. You're actually wrong. Oh, apparently. it's not bad? Apparently it's pretty good. It's 81% fresh and run to me. No way. Band Slam. I know, I didn't watch it because it just has like a tiny cameo from Bowie. Yeah. So I just so, found the, the tiny cameo on YouTube and watched that. So who so cares? So apparently the, the basis here, it follows this guy who is the manager of the band and puts it all together. And he, is, uh, he, he writes a journal of sorts in the form of constant emails to David Bowie. Like okay. he start journals, like this is the way of getting it out, is writing emails to David Bowie all the time. As one does. So apparently that's a thing throughout, and Bowie shows up in that soundtrack and shows up in the movie a few times. All right. So in the very, very end, Bowie has a tiny, tiny cameo in which he sees their final performance, which doesn't win, okay. but shows up on YouTube. He watches it on YouTube, and he calls them out, calls up this kid who's been emailing him all the time, and uh, signs them to a new indie label he's starting. <laughs> 
called Bam Slam. Which didn't, which didn't happen in real life. I think Bowie should have started an indie label in 2009. During the Dave Cation, that's yeah. exactly what he should have done. Yeah, that why not? Awesome. Why not, Bowie? I mean, he had his finger on the pulse there. He was, he was he liking did. cool music. He did. Yeah, it's, he all did. He, it's, he all did. He, it's all he had to do in life, apparently. I mean, come on. You could have started a cool, sweet indie label, Bowie. He, yeah, and then he we had, had to track all his albums down, even if they weren't very good. It went great. Wow. Missed opportunity, I say. Banshee's final film appearance. Final uh, film appearance. It was Jake. his 121st film. <laughs> and 21st, but okay. 20? I don't know how many movies he's been in. He's been in oh, a lot. He's in a lot of tiny cameos. So yeah, yeah. It's hard to count all those. It's like this one. And he's on for maybe a minute. There's that. But what a minute. All right. Now, Jake, let's talk about. We've, we've ragged Bowie this year, and we're going to continue to do so in the show. Great. About the 50th anniversary nonsense going on <laughs> in the reissue compilation. Absolutely. Camp. And, I mean, also settled up with the 45th and the 40th anniversary. Mm-hmm. All this stuff happening over there. And so a little important. bit now in the 30th anniversary. Oh, all yeah. All this is happening this year in some different ways. Uh-huh. Uh, this is not new. In 2009, they cared about anniversaries for Bowie, too. Oh, good. And so, this year, we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of Space Oddity by releasing incredibly <laughs> expensive uh, vinyl box sets yep. with, like, six songs on them. Two songs. Two, well, that was the, no, I mean, even the smallest one has four songs. Jay, oh, okay, so. I'm sorry. I apologize. Please. I apologize. Well, for the 40th anniversary of Space Oddity, they celebrate it by releasing a 12-track digital, quote, EP that's, oh, like, 15 minutes yeah, long. Yeah, great. That features twelve different versions of Space Oddity, including like three of them that are actually different that you want to listen to. Okay. And then uh, ones that are broken down into the like instrumental parts, like oh, the guitar yeah. lines, one track. I'm familiar and with that. For, for remixing purposes, of, of course. course. Well, sure, sure. The stems they call them. They call them the stems. The stems. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Thank you for that. Yeah, hey, no stems. problem. So no there's problem. like nine, eight or nine stems. Right. Give me some stems. Tracks. Uh, uh, and then going along with it, they released an iPhone app. That allowed you to do that same thing. Oh yes, Once you remix them, you couldn't do anything with them, like nothing. You just like you'd you have just to listen play to it, it off your phone to someone else. You it's like turn guys, it listen to this incredible remix I made, guys. Right, come over here and listen because it got me on my phone. <laughs> no, you're gonna right have now. to put it up to your ear. You can't hear it. Here, you guys. Here, you can have one side of the earbuds. You can have the other side. <laughs> incredible. Said I said I totally mixed it in stereo, so it's gonna sound kind of weird. Well, still amazing, though. Um, it's no longer available for purchase. Uh, you would have done it, too. I no know question. you would have. No question. Oh, I oh, would have. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that was a big 40th anniversary. The 30th anniversary nonsense they were working on then was uh, for 1979's single DJ off of his mm. quite good album, Lodger, from that year. Okay. They released 12 different stupid remixes of it, digitally. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Only yeah. 12? I didn't listen to them because I didn't want. You didn't to. listen to any. You didn't listen to any of them. No, I didn't. Okay. Because I did. Because I didn't want to. Hey, man, it's your it's your show. You know, it's your side I mean, of the. It's your side of the. Nothing to do with any of these. They weren't contemporary. I'm not listening to thirty years later remixes of DJ. Wow. Well, I, there you have it. I don't want to. You've finally, want to. you know, with all these reissues coming out, you've finally drawn a line in the sand, and I appreciate that. I am. I've become world weary. You <laughs> cynical almost. The sparkle's gone from my eyes. <laughs> You're dead. You're dead inside. I'm dead inside. Okay, that's cool. Also broke. Also so broke. Well, sure. From buying all the Bowie reissues. 
<laughs> well, not even buying anywhere close. <laughs> still, still, still broke. broke. Still broke. Still broke. Uh, what else? Oh, this wasn't an anniversary, but it also just happened. Was there? He released another app that year, a Ziggy uh-huh. Stardust app, which apparently was just a whole bunch of pictures of him as Ziggy Stardust. Mmm, tasty. That one also not available anymore, or I would own it. Disturbing. Sure. <laughs> Disturbing. I couldn't buy. I could find nothing. I could find some reviews and stuff in the space study one. People thought it was kind of fun and all, but they were kind of mad you couldn't do it. Like you couldn't export it in any way. Yeah, you should have been the able Ziggy to. Ziggy Stardust one. I couldn't find anything about that. Just the fact that it existed, apparently, it doesn't anymore. Yeah, that digital and ephemera. So f- What's that? It's just digital ephemera. It's out there somewhere. It is, yeah. Yep, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Which is one of the reasons I like CDs, because when they stop being interested in making a certain album, I still have it. There it is. It's right there. When they don't care about it anymore, and they're like, oh, let's not sell this anymore, I still have it. Yeah. They can't take it from me. Yeah. It's legally mine. It is a physical product. The only reason I get rid of it is because if, yeah, if I want to. And I sell it, and I maybe make like two dollars back. And hey, that's that, that's on the high end these days. I would say two dollars. Well, sure, sure, <laughs> sure. More likely, you bring in a stack of like thirty things you don't want, and they're like, yeah, eighteen bucks. Eighteen bucks store really, credit. That would be really good for thirty things. I guess it probably would. That'd be more than two bucks a piece, Jake. That's uh, defeating your entire point right now. Uh, no, eighteen mi- divided by thirty is not two. It's not more than two. Oh, okay, never mind. Ah, the math genius falls on his face. Let's talk about more anniversaries, Jake. Shall we? Because, of course, this is 2019. Yeah. Which is the 10th anniversary of 2009. Boy, you're right about that. 2009 was the 10th anniversary of 1999. Uh Uh-huh. And David Bowie's VH1 Storyteller's appearance. Oh, yeah. And so I'm waiting, just any day now, I'm sure the press release is going to come about, about the 10th anniversary of the 10th anniversary of VH1 Storyteller's. That would be the, that would be the 20th anniversary, by my count. No, the 10th anniversary, because it's the 10th anniversary of VH1 Storyteller's in 2009, which is when they released it as an album and DVD. I see. So we're so going to go... be at the 10th anniversary of the DVD release, which was the 10th anniversary of the original occurrence. That's an important distinction. I apologize. It's an important 10th I, anniversary. I apologize. I'd like you to note, Jake, this, this, so we did 40th, 30th, and 10th. I've noticed, I'd like you to notice that they skipped the 20th which with was, any notable releases in 2009, which was Tin Machine. Yay. Well, you get, you got. Uh, I would also like you to know that <laughs> by the time this podcast is in the wild i expect that a tin machine box set will have been announced oh yeah i was just gonna say year. i think i think it's gonna happen it's tin machine's happen. turn baby i think it's gonna happen no guarantees but i, I bet by the time this is out it'll be out so let's talk about vh1 storyteller shake can we first of all the whole concept of the show all right is that they took a bunch vh1 took a bunch of famous artists and those artists told stories yep. and sang some songs correct but the stories are the important part. It's storytelling. So artists who have, I mean, a lot of people, people did this. Did Bob Dylan ever do that? I didn't look up. I, I don't think up. I don't think he did. The one that he I didn't really release, he didn't release an album of it. I know that, but he might have appeared in the show. Anyway. He may have. I that's uh, probably something he would do. I, uh, I the one that I like especially is Tom Waits. I don't know if you've heard that one. His storytellers is hilarious. I bet it is. It's great. He didn't release an album of it though either. No, I ripped it on iTunes. Here's a list of artists who released a VH1 Storytellers album, Jake. All right. Because I did this. It's a pretty diverse collection, you know, okay. which to their credit, I think. We have Alicia Keys, mm-hmm. Billy Idol, mm. Ringo Starr, Johnny Cash, and Willie Nelson together, oh, which sounds baby. crazy. Kanye West, Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> Alanis Morissette, 
Rod Stewart, Sarah McLaughlin, Culture Club, oh. Meatloaf, Matchbox 20. I know yeah. that's your favorite chick. It's my favorite. Natalie Merchant, The Bee Gees, and The Dixie Chicks, your other favorite. The Bee Gees? I know. Just stuck right in there. Stuck right in there. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a very diverse list. You're right. Very diverse list. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, almost all of them have kind of middling reviews. Yeah, I don't think it was. Them, I mean, all of them. It was. Not <laughs> <laughs> They're all like three, three and a half stars out of five. Like three and a half is at best. Yeah, just like uh, as long as it goes for these things. Just like in real life, VH1 took a took a critical backseat to MTV throughout the years. Oh yeah. The unplugged series was obviously the was obviously the impetus for VH1 to jump on board with that, but uh, I don't think it was very well respected. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot. They got a lot of important people. To they do did it, and people who were relevant at the time too, and people who worked. But you know, so but we did this thing. This thing happened. Great. Um, it was released in two thousand nine as a one CD, one DVD pack, mm. which I just bought very recently because I actually didn't own it because I've listened to it enough to not really want to. But I did it anyway. I did it. Good for you, man. I know. I know. Um, it's kind of wrecked by the selection of songs mm. it was just it was it was done just a little bit before Bowie's 1999 album Hours which is one of his worst albums right and it's strangely bad stuck right between two solid albums and then this one just gets in there and I don't know it's bad it's just bad one of his bottom five bottom wow five bottom five ever? Well, I think that's, that's I, I think so oh. I think I would put it in the bottom five yeah okay and uh, and so he has two different songs from that ahead of its release, which just wrecks things. He's got a couple classics. He has Life on Mars in there, and he has Rebel Rebel. But both of them are shortened to, like, like Life on Mars is just the second verse for some reason. Rebel Rebel, he barely sings any of it, and then he goes on to something different. I would say the best track of this is actually a rendition of China Girl. Wow. Shocking. I know. Which, I mean, which I'm makes, right with that song. Makes me uncomfortable, like but okay. One. Bowie sounds, I would say, over-rehearsed. Mm-hmm. He's uh, taking on this Mockney accent. Mockney? Mockney is, is where um, I'm getting that from. Okay. How does that sound? Can uh, you do a little snippet of that for us? Well, <laughs> a, a Mockney accent? Mockney accent. Oh, you don't know the half of it. <laughs> That's the natural line from very early on. So I was good friends with Mark Bowling. Just like, it's really over the top. Oh, wow. Really like, and Bowie pulls this thing out all the time. He actually used it throughout the uh, Glastonbury 2000 concert that just came out the in greatest, last The year. greatest concert that was ever the played. The greatest concert that anyone ever even began <laughs> to conceive of thinking about. The best concert featuring a Mockney accent <laughs> ever. That might be true. There that could be. be. Hey, could be. Could be. It's a good album. Don't get me wrong. Oh, it's you're not. It's not as good as, as the hype. <laughs> and the Mockney accent bothered me. It's not actually how he talks. And he just pulls this stuff out every once in a while. It's, oh, you know, man. Very natural. It's kind of the character who's playing at the time. Oh, sure. So it's it's not a train wreck. It's just like, why did this happen? And then why, why was it released on the 10th anniversary of it happening? Why, no one knows. Why did this happen? Uh, I mean, they they money, presumably. They should have just said, they should have just called it VH1 Storytellers with David Bowie. Why did this happen? <laughs> the subtitle got cut the last night. Oh, bummer. Same <laughs> on ink. Got it. So that's that. That's the biggest thing that happened. The only wow. thing that actually will be point worthy. <laughs> At the end, we get to points. It's the only thing that happened. That's yeah, amazing. Uh, nice year. Nice year for you. Nice year. 
So now moving into my next step, um, I'm going to ask the Jake, you're already aware of this this little section here, oh, but I have set I'm, things up. I'm for pretty pumped up here. The fans at home is we've got a little light game. Now, those at home, I am a teacher, and I'm on summer vacation right now. Oh, man. But old habits die hard, and I put together one of those little quizzes where you have, like, a list of one things on the left and a list of another things on the right, and you have to draw lines to connect them. This yep. is what I was thinking of. Yeah. Because in addition to the stuff that Bowie actually did, all kinds of other weird stuff tangentially, tangentially, is it tangent? Tangent? Yeah, tangentially. Tangential. You got it. Tangent, whatever. Related to Bowie also happened. He had nothing to do with. But there was such a cornucopia of delights, Jake. Uh, as I know. That uh, I had to try to mention them all. <clears throat> so what I did was I made one list of descriptions of the thing that happened. Yeah. And then I made a list of the names of those things. Yeah. All of which are related to Bowie in some way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I gave Jake this list ahead of time, a rare thing where we actually communicate before the show. Yes, I was And uh, I Jake was had to do his best to guess the titles of all of these. Man, I did my so best. I'm going to go through, and I'm going to read my lists, and then we'll go back through them again and find out how what Jake thought and what the actual answer is. All right, I'm ready. All right, so first list. This is the list of the stuff that happened. A romantic comedy starring Meg Ryan. An episode of a sci-fi show called Flash Forward. An episode of a BBC medical soap opera called Casualty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. An unauthorized college musical that featured eight different Bowie songs in Icelandic. <laughs> I love that one. That's a good one. <laughs> That's a good. British play billed as The Cautionary Tale of a Box, a Believer, a Dubious Angel, and David Bowie. <laughs> or Are They All uh, the Same? Who knows? Are They All the Same? A dance production set to the music of Bowie, Iggy Pop, and Lou Reed. Yep. A French-language book about a psych- psychiatric patient who believes he is, is a sadist. Mm. A historical book about Ronald Reagan. Yep. And a new style of jeans designed by fashion designer Henry Durant, Durante, and based on Bowie's early 70s style. Wow. It is a cornucopia. So, it's a cornucopia of delights, Jake. It is. I can't say that, <laughs> can't say that enough times. <laughs> now, the titles of these things are as follows, in a different order than what the I just gave. Otherwise, that'd be the easiest Singing, quiz in the world. Otherwise, it'd be really easy. Actually, it'd be really hard, because you would assume that they were mixed up. Yeah, yeah, you're be, totally right. just mess with you. Oh, oh man, man did you? You, pair, you probably did that. <laughs> you probably did <laughs> I that. I wish I had now, but I did <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Ziggy Stardust, The Suffragette, Serious Moonlight, The Man Who Sold the World, mm-hmm. Thank You, Ma'am, mm. The Tale of Lady Stardust, Yeah. Just Stardust. <laughs> of course. Scary Monsters and Super Creeps. And We Could Be Heroes. Okay. All right. Are you ready for this, Jake? Yeah, so I just, wa- like, I just want to... Are box in a little bit to get, make sure you're <laughs> ready? I just want... Well, the problem is I won't be able to change my answers. And this is the only problem with this uh, with this type of quiz, which I always enjoyed in school, I want uh-huh. you to know. It's like a game, you know? It's like better than just knowing things. You get to, like, whittle these these answers down. And all that kind of They're stuff. They're not terribly effective for actually teaching kids stuff, by the way. No, because... These are, gen- these are generally discouraged by the education community. You just, you just play the game. But nonetheless, oh, uh, yeah. nonetheless, I was very good at these back in the day. But the only problem with it is if you get a couple wrong, you're just screwed for the rest of the thing. Oh, yeah. It's an avalanche. Wrong, you got, then you guaranteed have at least two wrong. It's an avalanche of wrong things after that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, let's see how I did, Jazz. All right. A romantic comedy starring Meg Ryan. Your okay. answer? My answer is Serious Moonlight. 
Correct. Well yes. done. All right. Okay, I think so that sounds like a romantic comedy. I think I sort of. I think I sort of remember that for whatever okay. reason as well. Okay, got it. it Nailed it. An episode of a sci-fi show called Flash Forward called right. The Suffragette. Incorrect. Oh, that one was Scary Monsters and Supercrimes. Oh, I'm way screwed, man. It's over. Okay. <laughs> it's all right. Let's keep going. It's all right, Jake. You got one on your belt. You're still good. You're still okay. stuck. <laughs> one out of nine ain't bad. Great. <laughs> An episode of BBC medical soap opera Casualty called... We Could Be Heroes. Correct. Yes. Nice one. Yeah, I knew it. I felt good about yep. that one. Felt good. Felt good. Of course, is a line from the song Heroes. We Could Be Heroes. An unauthorized college musical that features eight different Bowie songs in Icelandic called... Thank You, Ma'am. Oh, sorry, Jake. Shoot. Don't get on that one. Shoot, shoot, shoot. That was shoot. Stardust. It was, was hard with all of these different... Stardust. Notes. I would have never Stardust, guessed that. There's no way to guess Stardust, that. And there's the tale of Lady Stardust. Yeah. No, okay, it's got it. All right. Keep going. All right. Uh, British play billed as The Cautionary Tale of a Box, a Believer, a Dubious Angel, and David Bowie. This is, called... This is The Tale of Lady Stardust. That is correct. Yes. Correct. Okay, felt well good about done. that one, too. Well all right, my next one I got, right. and the next one I got wrong, but you, because we're starting to... I was going to say, I know you got the next one wrong. All right. A dance production set to the music of Bowie, Iggy Pop, and Lou Reed called... I said Scary Monsters and Super Creeps. Okay, I can see that. It's called Thank You, Ma'am. Now that's Thank You, Ma'am. Okay, so I got that's those switched you, around, so I'm still, I'm you still okay. Switched around, so you're still in it. All you're right, great, great, still in it. Thank you, ma'am, of course, is a notable line from the song Suffragette City. Bam, bam, thank you, ma'am. Bam, bam, thank you, ma'am. A French language book. I'm sure you got this one right. Because you already used. Wait, I don't remember. A French no, language book it. about a, psychi- a psychiatric patient who believes he is Ziggy Stardust. I'm, called. I'm just going to say that Ziggy Stardust. That's correct. Yeah. Okay, great, yeah. great, great, great. Mm-hmm. All right. Well done. You're doing pretty well. We're, we're down hey, here. And I, I know I got the next one right. It was the one I felt the best about. So go for it. Okay. I mean, it's a good title. A it historical is. book about Ronald Reagan called. This is The Man Who Sold the World. Oh, yeah. And the subtitle is It's The Man Who Sold the World. Ronald Reagan and the betrayal of Main Street America. Oh, yeah. Serious stuff. I mean, yeah. If you're going to call it the name, it, it, yeah, that, that one I felt like an Yeah, that's, they were made for each other. The title and his, and his presidency. <laughs> and finally, a new style of jeans designed by fashion designer Henry Durante and based on Bowie's early 70s style called... Well, I said this was Stardust, but it must be the Suffragette. The Suffragette. Yeah. Okay. He actually designed two different styles of jeans. The other one was called the Ziggy. The Ziggy. I love that one off because we already had so many Ziggy Stardust flying around. All right, Chaz. It looks like I got I got five out of nine of those. That's pretty good. That's not too. Pretty I mean, percentage pick. wise, that's really bad. But uh, given that I had no information and no chance to study whatsoever, let me tell you mm-hmm. how difficult it was to not just go and Google all that stuff. Well, I figured <laughs> and ruin the game, but I didn't do it. <laughs> I didn't do that. All right. So left left out of this whole game because it just didn't quite fit. Were two other notable, like slightly notable weird Bowie things. Okay. One was there, an ep- there was an episode of Doctor Who that includes a Martian outpost called Bowie Base One. Mmm, good one. The name of the episode was Water on Mars or something. If this was called Life on Mars, I could have thrown it in there. Oh yeah, for but sure. It wasn't. Close. And finally, Jake, uh, I don't know if any species of animals have been named after Bob Dylan, but Bowie's <laughs> at least two. And one of them was two. named after him in 2009. <laughs> A species of Malaysian spider was given the name Heteropoda David Bowie. They just stuck his name in there? They just shoved it right in there? David Bowie, it's all one word. <laughs> it's the second half. It's, it's the species name. The genus is Heteropoda. Oh the my gosh. It's David Bowie, one word. 
I have no idea if Bob, I've never even, that, that is a, that's an original thought for me. I've never thought, hey, is there an insect <laughs> named after Bob Dylan? Well, you're thinking about it now, which means I've done my job, James. Wow. You sure have, sir. You sure have. <laughs> also, spiders are not insects. I just want you to know that. Oh, sure. Yep. My nope. son would be actualing you right now. Yeah. Well, actually. Actually, Dad. I think actually. I, I think I have two kids that would well actually be oh, yeah. by now. <laughs> like one well, I actually. He's developing it, but my oldest for sure. Ooh, baby. Actually, is everything. He invented well, actually. <laughs> All right, Jake. I got one last thing for you. I have a kind of disturbing thought. I don't, are you are you sitting down right now? Uh, well, yeah. I always am when we podcast. So go ahead. Okay. Are you? This is kind of disturbing. I just wanted to make sure that you're ready for this. But Jake. Uh, yeah. I have <laughs> forgotten the year. We we have forgotten the year in Harry the last three episodes. Oh, that is disturbing. Mm-hmm. What in the world? How is this possible? So this is episode 33. We did not do ones for 31, 32, or no. 33. Okay, good. No, so no one... No one we only skipped two. No one is... The 30th was... I think it was because 30th was the uh, top 10 Bible. Right, so there's no year in here there. And we came back and with episode 31 and we didn't do it. Now, are you sure we can't just go back and insert that? Because I think that's the only reason people listen to this podcast. They haven't heard well, it yet. They haven't I heard mean, 31 or 32. We might here, but that sounds kind of dishonest. All right, well... Okay. Well, actually, none of, these, none of these episodes have been released at the time we're recording this one. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Anyway, I'm going to do it right now. Hit it. So, episode 31, 2015. Uh, but we only really see him in the music videos for his uh, his pre-release of Black Star songs. Okay. It's kind of a, it's very, like, trendy for the time. It's shaved on the sides, kind of the fade, but longer on top. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very fashionable for the time. It oh, looks yeah. pretty good on him. He pulls it off. Okay. I wasn't sure if he would, you know, him being like, you know, being 68 years old at the time. <laughs> like, if he could pull off something. But he's, he's David Bowie. He? Oh, yeah. He, can he do does it. what he wants he to do. He can do, do it. You know? He can do it. All right, what do you I'm going to give it? that one a uh, four. That's a four? Yeah. Wow. And for him, wow. It's, it's really good. <laughs> okay. It's really good. Great. He's not famous for his great hairstyles, Jake, as you remember. Yeah, but he's famous for having them, so. Well, he's famous for having notable hairstyles. Yeah, notable. Good, notable. Jake. Yeah. Okay. All right, what's All next? All right, 1966. 1966. He kind of did, like, the Shaggy Beatles kind of mod cut, you know? Sure. Like, the kind of bowl cut type. Not quite bowl cut, but, you know, you don't understand. I do, I do. I can picture it. Uh, he doesn't look very good in this one. It just doesn't work for him very well. Okay. He needs, I know, he needs different bone structure. He looks really, like, sure. he looks really dorky in that phase, I feel like. He does, like, he looks dorky in that I mean, he's a, pim- I mean he's, he's a pimply teenager. Again, he's, <laughs> he's, like, he's 19, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Everyone looks pretty dirty when they're they 19. They do. look pretty dirty when they're 19. They do. I know I did. I know. I looked amazing, but... Well, right, right, right. You're the only one, though. You're the role. only one. Got it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it a 2. All right. 2.0. Still, well, I probably didn't give it a... It's nowhere near his worst yard Let's be honest. <laughs> I'm going to give it a 2 anyway. Sure. And then finally, 2009, he's got this current swept back haircut that he had from, I don't know, 2000... Two until twenty fifteen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Until sometime and he when he switched over to fourteen years of the same haircut. Yeah, it was this was this was a is a heavy lifter. Okay. With that said, it's a solid. You know, it's a classic haircut. It's not that different than what my hair is now. I'll it's classy. It's just it's just classy. It's just a basic you know straightforward regular regular old men's cut. Good sure. for hiding and you know. Reading Greek newspapers in public in New York, so people wouldn't think you were David Bowie. It's Death. That kind of thing. Death. So we give that one a four, also. Okay. All right. Great. 
Well, I also want to note that this is the 10th anniversary of the 10th anniversary of his haircut in 2009. So that's that's something. <laughs> that's notable. That James. is something. Thank you for bringing that up. Hey, no I'm problem. I'm not that down, but it's true. It's all true. So thank you. Thank you for that. It's my pleasure, sir. It's and I would pleasure. like to also mark that this is the half hour anniversary of when we started the show. <laughs> You're right. It's the 35th minute. And I'm, uh, I'm going to note this anniversary by releasing the deluxe box set of the whole thing so far <laughs> on yeah. vinyl. Uh, can we it just cost seven hundred dollars? Can we do one record? Each minute is on a different side. Yeah, of that's what I was going to suggest. Miles. I'm glad. I'm, I like where your head's at. I'm glad we're thinking <laughs> the same way. Look forward to the next the next uh, release in three weeks. Oh my goodness. Um, okay, I will. I will. I'll get my I'll get my pocketbook handy. Good. 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 Put a mortgage out on your house. Hey, no problem. Already did it. I rent, but that's fine. I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with that, Jake, uh-huh. let's hear from uh, Bob Dylan in 2009. All right, will do. All right, Chaz, before we start in on Bob Dylan in 2009, I have a little anecdote for you. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. I, I was uh, driving to one of my many various contracting jobs as a music therapist, and I was in a uh, heavily populated area. And as I'm driving, I see a car with the license plate. It was a personalized license plate, and it said, 09 Dylan. That's what it said. Oh, nine Dylan. And I was preparing for this episode, which was 2009, and it said... Right, I remember what we've been talking about for the last half an hour. Yeah, do you? So it was... Yeah, I do. Oh, nine Dylan, and um, what happened was I cut in front of this guy, and I stopped the car really, really short, and I got out of the car, and I tried to explain to him the significance of his license plate, but it turned out, uh-huh. it turned out I snarled traffic, and I got thrown in jail. <laughs> That's... And that's my that's anecdote. Jake is currently <laughs> using his single phone call to podcast from jail. That's which right. Is the single coolest thing you've ever done. Jake. You know what? I'm a real. I'm a real hard. I'm a real. I'm really hard. I'm just ooh. <laughs> I'm a bad guy. Uh, don't worry. I'll call your wife to come pick you up. Hey, th- <laughs> thanks. Could you could you post bail for me, bro? No, can do. I spent all my money on David Bowie bucks. Oh man, I knew that was going to come back to bite us both. Okay. <laughs> So Bob Dylan was uh, unlike David Bowie. He was just he was out there, baby. He was like his, out there and loving everything. His, his late career was really uh, you know not just like good and solid and everything, but he he was he was doing stuff. So let's uh, let's start as as we normally tend to do with the never ending tour. Still not ended in two thousand nine. Still not ended in two thousand nine. He did ninety seven shows. <laughs> you know that's more than the zero that David Bowie did. <laughs> Again, the math on that seems right to me. I don't know. Uh, so that's sixty four in North America and thirty three in Europe. He was joined on the the North American leg by Willie Nelson and John Mellencamp. Woo! John, I believe you. It's pronounced John Cougar Mellon. Uh, he was not Cougar anymore at this point, Chaz, and I will thank you not to mention it. <laughs> I the, will continue mentioning it. I know we've had this conversation before, and we'll have it again, probably. <laughs> the Cougar was gone. He is now a grown ass man. No more Cougar for him. Oh, as big as a Cougar, no doubt. <laughs> All right, uh, so let's just... I'd like to know, Jake, that yeah. the mascot at the school I teach at is the cougar. I just want you to know that right now. Oh, it is. Well, I would suggest that maybe we should, for our next t-shirts, we should design them looking like John Cougar Mellencamp. So do you think um, Do you think John Mellencamp shows up and just crosses it out every once in a while? He's like, <laughs> no more cougar. No more cougar. I think he's 
secretly wants it back. I don't think he does. He, he would have done it by now. He he's needed a, a kick in the pants lately, you know, career wise. Maybe he should jettison the John the Mellencamp and just go for Cougar next. <laughs> now in concert, Stephen it's Lutz Cougar. It's Cougar. It's blank Cougar blank. <laughs> don't make call me. Blanks into like decorative lines or something on the poster. Make them make yeah. kind of fancy looking. He'd be like a he'd be like Prince. Stylistic he'll just, choice. He'll have like a symbol Cougar symbol. That's what he is. It'll be, just, it'll, it'll be the mascot from my school. <laughs> sure. It'll be the logo. Well, I hope you I get... I'm here by... On behalf of, of uh, Olsen Middle School, I can donate it to you. John Cougar Mellencamp. <laughs> but only if you don't call him Cougar. <laughs> no. I want him to be nothing but Cougar. <laughs> I thought I'd made this clear, Jake. This is all I've talked about for the last two minutes. <laughs> two minutes? It's been longer than that. Fine, twenty years, Jack. All right, let's years. let's talk about a Bob Dylan studio album. Now that we're done with that nonsense, hey, he's got one. Huh? He's got one. It's called "Together Through Life." It debuted. Oh, is this one of his good ones? It is a good one. Uh, it's uh, April twenty eighth, two thousand nine. It debuted at number one in the United States, Chaz. Number one. Uh, it that's was not too shabby. That's not too shabby. You can't get any better, actually. You know, again, week <laughs> week to week. There's just really nowhere to go. Uh, number one in the UK, and that was his first number one album since New Morning in 1970. So, wow, the, Brits, wow. the Brits welcomed him back. And uh, number five in Australia, that seems less um, less important, I guess. But there it is, number five in Australia. <laughs> All right, he... But also mentioned for some reason. He did two video... Sing- no, one video single for that album, and another just straight-up single. Uh, his first single was called Beyond Here Lies Nothing. Now, the video, Chaz, you'll like this. It was a... The, the song was... <laughs> Why do you say it like that? <laughs> you'll like it. Maybe I'll let you keep going. You'll, you'll like, like it. this, Johnny. <laughs> you'll like this, Chaz. You'll like this. <laughs> it's not what I sound like. <laughs> well, it's just bad. That's what I was asking about. You'll like this. Not what you normally sound like. You'll like this, Chaz. <laughs> That's what I normally sound like. Was that your Bob Dylan impression? You like this, Chaz. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All I, can, all I can picture is an aging Vincent Price right now. Yeah, dead Vincent Price just talked. <laughs> <laughs> he rolled over in his grave to say, You'll like this. <laughs> oh, please, please go on. Anywho, um, the, the single was released you know, from the album, but the video single was released... From a live performance from Bonnaroo 2004. Guess who has two thumbs and was at that show, Chaz? This guy! You Bob can't, Dylan! You Bob can't Dylan. see me, but I'm pointing my two thumbs right at my face. It's this guy. I was there. I don't remember any of that, to just to be honest with you. But I don't think I was in the video. Um, I haven't checked, really, but... That happened. Uh, there was another oh, hey, cool. another cool. single called "I Feel a Change Coming On." It's kind of a slower, jazzier thing. So uh, together, use the uh coming. Uh, yeah, I think it does. I feel a change uh coming on. I'm just. I mean, it just you know, feels like feels like a throwback for for Don. I think it is. I think it is. It's okay. kind of like uh, there's gonna be a what? How, what's that song? There's there's gonna be a change coming on. Maybe is the the old one. Uh-huh. I don't know, you're the Bob Dylan fan, Jay. Yeah, no, you're right, but it, he didn't I'm sing that. I'm just some guy. You're just, you're just some guy who I'm talking to for no reason on this podcast. <laughs> That's great. Uh, he also had a Greatest Hits collection, which is just totally doesn't even need to be mentioned. 
uh, career <laughs> career spanning, just out there. Have we released, done them all now? I don't know, Chaz. I thought that we had, but they just keep popping Four up. Four or five. There's a Discover Bob Dylan EP, which... How can you discover Bob Dylan on one EP? I'm not really sure. <laughs> it's like, hey, I want to, I want to, I want to hear something by this unknown guy named Bob Dylan. I'd like, this unknown guy, I want to discover him. I'd like to discover him. <laughs> it's, ten, it's ten seconds out of every song, every song ever. <laughs> and it's five thousand minutes long. Okay, uh, he released a download-only single. Uh, you may have heard of this song, Chaz. It's "Blowing in the Wind," little number. Blowing in the wind. It's a little known, a little known, a deep cut. Download only, so don't break your computer trying to get that. Was it released in 12 different versions, including it, 8 stems, to, for remixing purposes? Let me check my notes. No, it was not. <laughs> oh, I believe it was just bad. the original version. Um, <laughs> all right, so Together Through Life is a good album. It introduces mm. some New Orleans blues. There's accordion throughout provided by David Hidalgo, who is in the band Los Lobos. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh... There's a lot of uh, relative violence and darkness. That's kind of his late... Now that's because the title suggests to me, like, that's all lovey-dovey. There are some lovey-dovey elements, for sure. It's, okay. It kind of it kind of goes back and forth. The, the lead single... I mean, but in a mature way. Like, together through life, you think of, like, this you know, couple growing old together, you know? Exactly. And so it there's... It kind of nice. There's some old-timey ballads that kind of presage his Sinatra albums... Uh, okay. They also call back to Love and Theft, which he released in 2001, which we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other ones are kind of, you know, dark, darker ones, some blues, that kind of thing. Um, it was co-written lyrically with Robert Hunter of The Grateful Dead. Um, oh. So this is one of Bob Dylan's... Not quite done with Grateful Dead yet, huh? <laughs> we, we never will be. They're... Even with Jerry Garcia, long dead and gone. Oh, yeah. No. Well, the rest of the members are still alive, so... Well, I know that, but, you know... Yeah, so... He was still the main main guy, Jake. He was the main guy. He was the main guy. Uh, uh, This makes Robert Hunter his second most collaborative person, uh, besides Jacques Levy, who he wrote most of uh, Desire with. So this is kind of like one of his main collaborative guys. Uh, Except for one song. He wrote one all by himself, Chaz. That's his first song he ever wrote all by himself, 2009. Yep. Nice one. Hey, he switches nice out one, switches out a couple players. There is a there's a little controversy that I'm I'm vaguely aware of, but I'm not sure what happened. Uh, Charlie Sexton, our old friend, yeah, who is yeah. in Bob Dylan's touring band and on a bunch of his late career albums, um, he's out on this album for some reason. Out. He's out, and I think I think it was a I think it was a controversy, but I'm not sure. I'll look into that for you and get back to you. Probably never about that. Who knows. <laughs> Forgotten Bob's Blues. Abs- absolutely, I forgot it already. Uh, instead, Mike Campbell of the Heartbreakers uh, is in there on some sweet ripping guitar, just tasty, tasty licks abounding. Some tasty licks. It was produced by Jack Frost. Do you remember who that is? Jack Frost. Jack Frost. You remember? Oh, it's Bob Dylan. That's right. Boom. I kind of think it's Sorry. funny that like long, long after everyone figured out. That Jack Frost was Bob Dylan, he just keeps going with it. I think that's, <laughs> uh-huh. I think that's kind of interesting. I wonder why. Uh, all right, you ready for some critics' corner on Together Through Life? Yeah, let's do it. All right, quote, dark yet comforting. Okay, quote, gets its hooks in early and refuses to let go. Mm. Uh, quote, explores the bluesy side of his skills in a slight but delightful set. And mm-hmm. here's my favorite one, and it will be your favorite one too. <laughs> I'm ready for it. <laughs> Quote, Dylan 
has never sounded as ravaged, pissed off, and lusty. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a guy who just made, makes his bread by being lusty, you know? So lusty. So lusty. Um, now, so lusty. all of that was true until he released Tempest, in which he was just a little bit too lusty, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and a little bit too dark and a little bit too violent. Uh, Tempest is the better record, uh, but Together Through Life is good. It carries on a tradition of modern times as well, which we haven't talked about yet. That came out in 2006. Okay, so, all right, so cool, 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 cool. Now, I was going to throw it to you for points, Chaz, but I, I keep hearing something on my roof. It's like the, it's like the, I just, I might have to check it out. It's like a clip-clopping, oh, wait, what's that? What is that? Do you hear sleigh bells at... What you hear sleigh bells? Chaz, it must yeah, be. I, I, it must be. It must be Santa. <laughs> it must be Santa, Chaz. He's here. He's here, Chaz. Santa's here. And Bob Dylan made a Christmas album in 2009. <laughs> oh my gosh, I did not know that was a 2009. I still get That that'd be Christmas in the heart, Chaz. Must Maybe. be Santa. Must <laughs> be Santa. <laughs> Which I, you know, as you know, due to your recommendation, I'm actually a fan of his cover. <laughs> it is delightful. Uh, but well, I, man, I can't believe I missed. I've been wanting to make fun of this for I know so, so long, and, uh, and not just wanting to. I've been I wasn't. Doing it on, I wasn't. On air. I wasn't going to give so, you. So I wasn't going to give you the opportunity until now, and so okay. So why don't you <laughs> well, just here it is. before before so, Jake, tell us about how America's greatest songwriter covered uh-huh. a bunch of cheesy Christmas songs. Okay, go. All right, so I have a multiple choice question for you. This okay. this relates to how much um, any given person would like a Bob Dylan covers album of Christmas uh-huh. songs. Okay, so here it is. How much do you like Christmas music, Chaz? All right. Number one, Christmas is merely a commercial wasteland. I hate it on principle, and so too all Christmas music. Okay. Okay. Two, what's this Christmas you speak of? I grew up on a remote Pacific island and just washed ashore. Three, I have fond memories of a snowy childhood Christmas and enjoy as much as the next fella a jaunty holiday tune. Or four, I have a room in my home dedicated year-round to Christmas and play Christmas in the heart on repeat in June, even though I hate Bob Dylan. (laughs) How much do you love Christmas music, Chaz? Well, I mean, given the choices I have to select from there, yeah, probably the first one, actually. I like Christmas and all, but I am not a big fan of Christmas. You are not a fan of, so that's why you would make fun of such a project. Well, yeah, I, for me, it's it's having worked uh, retail for a couple of Christmases. Yeah, yeah, tell me more. And it's the same 15 or 20 songs covered over and over and over and over again, and, you know, like, you have to listen to it. And also, I had a roommate in college, shout out to Brad, who will never hear this. Yeah. Who, uh... Oh, I wouldn't let him start until post Thanksgiving, but he would listen to nothing but Christmas music. Oof. Oof. Right up until Christmas. See, break. that's rough. Now I'm I'm a And mu- I just like and I don't think I'm against the songs. I'm against how there's only like fifteen or twenty of them that we listen to over and 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 over again for one entire month of the year, every single year. Like Yeah, more than one month. One twelfth. One twelfth. I mean, oh yeah, it starts out in, you know, in retail places much earlier than that now. Yeah, but after after uh, if, if it's after Thanksgiving and you're listening to anything except for Christmas music, you might as well, you know, have no soul. Well, you're not. What's the matter with you? You're not American, is what you're not. And there's only so much Christmas. And why? Like, so I mean, I listen to the Sufjan Stevens Christmas box sets. I love those guys. Sure. I listen to those guys. We've got some Christmas favorites, but uh, 
Anyway. Okay. So, I'm not a big fan of Christmas music. I'm okay. Sad, in, in general, I get sick of it. All right. Well, I quite like Christmas music, even though I'm a, okay. uh, I'm a music therapist, which means that I play, I play a lot of preferred music for people when they ask, yeah. and you know, it gets to be, it gets to be about the middle of November, and all anybody's asking for is Christmas music. Yeah. Um, I refuse to play it for anybody uh, until after Thanksgiving. That's my rule. That's how I keep yeah. myself yep. sane. Uh, but I, I like Christmas music. And you can't make fun of this, Chaz, and you know why. Because all of Dylan's royalties from the sales of this album benefited charities. There's oh, well. Fe- Feeding America in the United States. There's Crisis Good for you, in the United Kingdom. And there's the World Food Program. So you're on record saying you hate charities. Yeah, that's true. Boom. Okay. Uh, some people yeah, thought okay. Some people thought that Christmas in the Heart was was like a put-on or some sort of ironic it's joke. It's and bad. Oh. Oh, my gosh, Chaz. You were really that after just, this one. That just slipped out. You went, you went from making fun to being mean about it. <laughs> you hate Good charities and Christmas. I hate charities and Christmas. Yep, I do. Here's what Bob Dylan said. It seems like a good time to mention that I'm not, I don't really like dogs very much. I yeah. just, let's just get it all out there. I don't get like, all the hatred for me out right now, fans. I don't get like, it out there now. I don't like dogs either. So okay, well, Jake can share some of the hatred then. Yeah, but not for Christmas music. Uh, So here's what Dylan said to critics and naysayers and downright mean people like you, Chaz. Uh, So he said, critics like that are on the outside looking in. They are definitely not fans or the audience that I play to. They would have no gut level understanding of me and my work, what I can do and can't do, the scope of it all. Even at this point in time, they still don't know what to make of me. End quote. But Dylan hates his fans. No, he likes them in this quote. <laughs> he doesn't like. I think. I think probably he, he hates doesn't like. And he hates his fans. No, he hates. He hates critical appraisals of his. He hates ridiculous critical appraisals of his work. I guess. I can see that. And so I don't even, think that's what this is, though. In well, they were. Scenario. They said the you know, the critics were saying like, is this some sort of ironic thing? Because like you, nobody could really believe that he that he would do this in a in a straightforward yeah. manner. Yeah. Uh, but apparently he did. And <laughs> apparently it's, he could, and apparently he did. It's yeah. in my Christmas rotation. I mean, there's something extremely delightful about. I mean, he's just as growly as uh, you can possibly be singing these. You know, a little town of Bethlehem. <laughs> And the music behind again, him... I, I enjoyed, honestly enjoyed Must Be Santa. So oh, Must Be Santa's I mean, amazing. I've never, I've never listened to the Bob Dylan Christmas album, I'll be honest. Uh, maybe... Well, how dare maybe you? Maybe there's enough, enough room in my heart for a little Christmas, Jake. Hey, you know what? Um, multiple choice question, where is Christmas, guys? <laughs> Come on, you weren't even like, ready to respond to that, Jake. A. I'm bearing my soul to you right now. A. In my mind. B. <laughs> in, my, in my biceps. C, in my butt, or D, in in the heart. Where is it? I'm gonna go with your butt. <laughs> There's Christmas in your butt. Now, if he had named it Christmas in the butt, uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't <laughs> I think I think the critical reappraisal would have been far different. That's just my guess. Uh, that's the weird L version of the album. <laughs> yeah, weird out right now. It's like, oh man, I got it. I got a real humdinger. <laughs> he's listening. He's listening to this podcast. <laughs> going, 
what took me so long? Christmas in the, the butt. Break, the Christmas breakthrough I've been waiting for. <laughs> so I guess there's not really much to say about it now that you hate now that you hate it, and I kind of love it. Uh, I'll give it. Jake, po- I just told you I was ready to open my heart to Christmas. I know. Perhaps. Well, you know what? You say that now, but wait till wait till right after Halloween when they start playing all those songs again. <laughs> You're like, oh! yeah, I'll be I'll be burnt out. Like, oh, God. I always am every year. Yeah, I understand. I get it, Chaz. I get what yeah, I get what you're saying. It's just that it's like the same fifteen, twenty songs. I hear over you, man. And over and over and over and over. I hear you. Again. But hearing like this pristine band that Bob Dylan puts together to play these like lovely lilting '30s and '40s kind of inspired versions of these songs, and then just just hear him like growling like a bobcat above them is <laughs> it's delightful. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I'm delighted by uh, it. My, my wife loves Christmas music. We have a fair number of Christmas albums. Of course you do. I, I rarely put do. them on on my own. But I have my own, I have my own two Christmas albums. Mm-hmm. Or three. Three Christmas albums. <laughs> so the three, first one three. is uh, The Flaming Lips Christmas on Mars, which has almost nothing to do with Christmas. That's correct. That soundtrack. Good. And uh, the second... You know, of really obscure Christmas covers, one of which is full blown punk, and like everybody hates it except for me. It's three tracks long, so it's okay. It's like seven minutes long, the whole album. And the third, of course, is the David Bowie Bing Crosby collaboration. Well, of course. Little drummer boy, <laughs> Peace on Earth, on red vinyl, given to me by somebody who I don't, I don't know, care about. The multiple choice question should probably be how much do you love Bob Dylan? Because if you're a Bob Dylan fan, I mean, this is just. It's so it's like hilarious in a really good way, and it's not uh-huh. it's not bad sounding except for his except for his voice. So anyway, uh, video must be Santa. We'll talk about what happens to that. Uh, it's gold. It's just pure it's gold. pure gold. Saying, I'll, I will. Yeah. I'll, Maybe I'll you should explain it now. when it comes to points. That'd be fun. Yeah, let's go. I'll go for it. I will. All right, and then he released. He released another video single for the little drummer boy. Okay, so we'll talk but not about... not with the piece on Earth Counter, Melanie? No, <laughs> no, Too no. bad. Too bad. Too bad. Bob Dylan can only I sing one thing the, at a time. The, uh, the wonders of technology. I gotta feel like we could take Bowie's piece on Earth part oh, and put it on top of Dylan's. Do you think we could part. do that? Someone's got to, if not us. Somebody. Oh, man. Hey, Internet, guys. Internet, make it happen. Meanwhile, I'm just seeing if anyone's already made it happen. Are there any technical geniuses out there? Uh, any of our listeners if you, that would truly be a Christmas miracle If you send that little Christmas miracle Over to us I don't know what we'll do for you We might drive to your house and shake your hand sir or ma'am <laughs> yeah. yeah Just you know, We might even like make another Bowie vs. Dylan mug just for you We'll do it I will, I will do that Where's our merch store that. at by the way <laughs> uh, We haven't made a merch store We have no merch store Chaz I think I'm going to throw it over to you for Points. Yeah, well, yeah. While you're searching yeah. for this mythical. Collab. I'm looking for this mythical matchup. I'm a little distracted, but. Yeah, well, do your points. Initial, initial search did not dig anything up, but, you know, again, I don't. I, somebody's got to know Millie this happened. Man, somebody did. All right, points. So we only had out all that nonsense I talked about earlier. He's only got one thing actually worth points, right. and that is. The CD DVD release of VH1 Storytellers. Yeah, good one. So, Jake, I have a question for you. Okay, I'm ready. How often do you listen to the exact same episode of a podcast? How often do I do that? How many times do you listen to a typical episode of a podcast? Is it our our podcast? Because I edit them. Or is it another one? 
No, not that. I mean, any podcast that you listen to. I listen, How many times do you typically listen to an episode of any podcast? I listen to them one time. One time. Do you ever listen to them many, many times? No, never. Okay, what about music? Uh-huh. Do you listen to music? How many times do you typically listen to good music that you enjoy? Music one time or more than once? Uh, well, more than once. Okay. Uh, here's the problem with the VH1 Storytellers album, Jake. Okay, I'm ready is to Music is, it's, it's, I mean, this could be a deep philosophical conversation, which we won't get into. Let's not. Music is intended to, there's something about music that you, you listen to it over and over again, and it's, it works. But you don't typically listen to somebody talking over and over again. No, I guess not. So now that when you, you have VH1 Storytellers and you have the same stories over and over again, interspersed between songs mm-hmm. you may want to listen to those songs again but you don't really want to listen to mm, I see where you're headed story over again. I see where you're headed here I like this okay you know now what might make this worse in some people's minds is if mm-hmm. the talking is in the same track mm-hmm. yep. as the music yep it so might. there are only eight tra- eight songs on this live album and there are eight tracks that might be annoying so it's not like you can just skip over <clears throat> the talking part and get to the music again yeah you have to listen to all of it Okay. It almost always, it starts with the talking and then the music comes later on. Sure. Making for a frustrating listening experience. Yeah, in fact, a, a kind of untenable listening experience, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, you I, won't yeah, listen to it, it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I won't listen to it again, no. Yeah. So, I, I think it kind of begs the question is, why, why does an album, a VH1 storytelling album, not just Bowie's, but any of them, why yeah. do they exist? Especially since... You're going to get the DVD anyway. You can watch the show. That's what I'm saying. The DVD makes sense. You can watch the show. You can see why that was released. Right. It came out. It's the whole show. It came out with four bonus tracks that didn't make the show. Sure. Nice. It's all there, baby. Oh, it's just. But the album is something that I have listened to. I listened to it probably four or five times in the name of the show. But. Like, I'm starting to appreciate the music a little bit more. The music has, like, risen a little bit in my estimation. Yeah. But I'm sick of the stories. Yeah, you don't want to hear them. Because I've listened to the exact same stories over and over again. Now... It's just the whole concept of this type of album is just flawed. It's not just Bowie. It's it's anybody. That is weird. That is weird. Yeah, like, I have a a Neil Young album uh, from, like, 1968 or something like that. And it's a live album when he was just coming up. And it has all these, like, little interspersed raps. He does these little, like, stories, you know, for lack of a better word, in between. But those are all their separate tracks. So you can just go to the song that you want to hear yeah. after he's done yeah. blabbing. I mean, I could see that. If I had to just, I was in the car, and I could just go, skip, when the story started. Skip. I could, I could deal with that. You could just be like, I skip. can't. I can't do that, Jake. I can't that's, do that. That's truly, that's truly upsetting. I'm upset. Yes. Yeah, I'm upset. I'm upset. Everyone's Most upset. Music really isn't that great. Let's yeah. Ourselves. All right. So, so what does it? Too. So what does it get? <laughs> what are so, we talking here? Live albums, we give a, total, a possibility of negative three points to three points. Correct. Um, I'm still like I'm debating about this in my mind. I may even change it before the end of the show, but I'm okay. going negative point five. <laughs> okay, that sounds about right. Yeah. Music's okay. It's annoying. The music's okay, except for the two tracks of ours, which are horrible. Which are just the rest of the music's okay. Garbage. Stories are are there's some interesting stories in there. Again, it sounds over rehearsed, but I just don't want to listen to them over and over again. The whole idea of this album is disappointing, Jake. I'm sorry. I apologize. I mean, I had yeah. nothing to do with yeah. it, but I'm sorry for you. I'm sorry for you. <laughs> so, in my 10th anniversary, a critical review of the 10th anniversary of VH1 Storytellers. <laughs> yeah. 
the release. Uh, I give it a negative point. Now, in ten years, when it's the tenth anniversary of the tenth anniversary of the tenth anniversary. When you ask do, me, ask me in ten years. I bet it'll be. I, will tell you my answer I bet it'll be. I bet it'll be lower. I bet that would be my guess. <laughs> I will listen to it like five more times by then. You think so? Five more lower. times in the next ten years. In ten years, that sounds about right. Okay, that's fair. Once every two years, just pop it on. Once every two years, well. Well, I suppose I you could know, throw I'll it in I'll the car, a maybe. Marathon or something. Yeah. Okay. A boy marathon. Is that all the points he has? Is that it? Okay. <laughs> he was, on, he was, on, oh, he was okay. taking a vacation, Jake. Hey, he was I know. He was, he was kicking back. He was kicking back. I get it. All right, so uh, for Bob Dylan, he, has, he did many, many things, and so we'll, I'll try to get through these fairly quickly. Uh, his uh, never-ending tour was fine. I watched a couple, watched a couple things there, so I'm giving it, in, in years where it's just fine, I give it a plus 0.5 because it's yeah, yeah. impressive that he did almost 100 shows. Um, every year Yes, every single year uh, That's uh, Coming up is Together Through Life um, I think this is great I uh, I mean, it's good I don't think it's great It's um, I didn't pay much attention to this at the time Despite being a, a huge Bob Dylan fan And buying it you yeah. know, pretty soon after it came out and everything I just kind of, you know, set it aside It's not really It doesn't really demand your attention The first song is the first single Which is Beyond Here Lies Nothing Which is a it's a banger. It's a great song. Um, but, you know, kind of in the middle, it wears thin a little bit. Dylan has this late period sort of uh, fallback method where he will just play the 12-bar blues. And it sounds good, and he'll, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll insert varying degrees of good lyrics in there. But it's just, uh-huh. on all these later period albums, there's like sometimes two or three just like straight ahead 12-bar blues you know, no solos or anything. It's just him kind of like working, working out whatever he's he's going to work out, and that that wears thin yeah. for me. Um, but after that, you know, the it, it kind of picks back up again. Um, Tempest is just a better album, and it's probably the most. Uh, it's probably the the album that you would liken this one uh, to the most. The lyrics yeah. the lyrics on this one are a little bit slight. Um, it's not quite as focused. It's very enjoyable, but not always requires your attention, which happens sometimes. But okay. um, on the strength of some of the songs, I give it a plus 1.5. Okay, solid, right. yeah. Uh, yeah. Christmas in the Heart, you know, if I was you, I'd give it a negative 10. But <laughs> since I'm not, since I enjoy it very much, uh, I give it a plus 1.0. I feel like that's fair. Okay, almost as good as Together Your Life. Almost. Yeah, well, you know, when it comes Christmas time, it's it's getting on. It's getting airtime, you know? It's getting it's get, time. It's getting in your heart. And, you know, Must Be Santa is... It's must a highlight. It's a highlight. So, let's talk about some singles. Um, I'll leave Must Be Santa till the end for you <laughs> to explain what happens in that. Looking forward to it. Chaz, uh, Beyond Here Lies Nothing is... The song itself is is great, as I said. Um, the video is... is Absolutely disturbing. The video <laughs> is like not even funny. It's I mean, like, it sounds pretty apocalyptic, you know. That's it is. Cool. It is, and the lyrics have you know nothing to do with what the video ends up being. Um, it sort of fits together, except it's probably the most like violent, disturbing video I've ever seen in my life. Wow! It was uh, directed by Nash Edgerton, who has done some other Bob Dylan things. Uh, it's a. It's about a, a guy, like clearly a deadbeat, who comes home. And it's revealed that he's been keeping a woman tied up in his room, 
like a young woman, okay. and there's like blood all over the room, and she has escaped, and he he realizes this, but she's still in the house, and she like hits him with something. I don't know if it's a frying pan or a beer bottle or what, and they have this awful fight, like they're both just kicking the crap out of each other and throwing themselves uh. through tables and at walls and stuff, and it's like terrible violence against women and against this this deadbeat guy. Finally, she like. And she's got, like, ropes hanging off of her hands, like, from where she was tied up. And she runs downstairs and gets in the car, and he, like, almost catches her. Um, and she drives away, and he falls down. And then she backs the car up and and hits him with it. And he, like, gets Jesus, knocked unconscious on the ground. And then she's just about to drive away. And Chaz, at the very end, she comes back, gets out of the car, and smooches him. And they start making out in the street. What? Yes! Like I said, it's that like why couldn't me. she just why couldn't she just drive away? I mean, after all, I had to endure watching this thing. <laughs> okay, well, so there you have it. Anyway, all of that all of that having been said, the song I will not watch the video again. The song is amazing. It's a plus one. Uh, the second single from Together Through Life is a song called "I Feel a Change It Coming On." As you said, it's kind of a bit of a throwback lyrically. Um, it's a little more optimistic, I would say, than many Bob Dylan songs. Um, it's kind of a lilting. Uh, this kind of feels like one of his Sinatra covers that would come later. I think it's fine. It's good. It's not great. So I give that a plus yeah, point, yeah. plus point fine, five. Good. Plus point five. five. Yep. Okay, fine. Little drummer boy. This is off. Oh, oh yeah. I already did Christmas in the heart. Uh, this is a rotoscoped animation over old movie scenes of families from like the forties and fifties. It's like kind oh, of. Oh, that sounds kind of fun. It's kind of fun. There's like watercolors and colored pencil things, and you know, it's uh, it's very, it's kind of mesmerizing. Um, the song is fine. It's a plus point five, and then must be Santa Chaz. Why don't you explain right. to our precious the audience what it is? Some like rollicking drunken party. Yeah, in which everyone's having a good time except for the people who are getting fights and stuff. But it's it's like one of those like rollicking good, you know, a fight going on. That's you know it. All kinds of jolly good times. Uh, Dylan shows up at all kinds of weird places in this house, just singing along and playing. Can it's you weird can you say what hair. did it? What yeah? What, what does his hair look like? Do you remember? I watched uh, it again for this. It's long. It's long. It's like uh, dirty. Right. It's like a dirty, long gray wig. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And uh, it's yeah, it's wildly entertaining. I recommend going to listen to it right now, even if it's not Christmas when you're listening to this episode. Yeah, yeah, go do that. Uh, so the at show. the very end, somebody does get in a fight, like a real one, and comes like running down the stairs, and someone's chasing him, and he like swings from the chandelier. And then he run he he bursts out of a window and he runs down the street and and the kind of pan the camera pans to the porch and there's Bob Dylan and Santa Claus standing on the porch just like having a good having a having a good laugh over the entire thing. <laughs> you know, and Santa always be doing. <laughs> and Bob Dylan together. And Bob Dylan on the porch. All right, Chaz. I know that was a lot for me and a little from you, but what I got here is a plus six point zero for the year. That seems slightly higher than Bowie's negative point five. Yeah, for the one thing he did. Correct. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. All right. Well, it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It is. We've had trouble with math on the show so far, but we got it. We nailed it this time. We got it. We figured it out now. We nailed it. All right. right Tell the audience what we're doing next time. Next episode, we're blowing it up. Hmm. With, You're blowing uh, it up. A year that I have been like girding my loins for <laughs> for 33 episodes. Great metaphor. <laughs> Love it. And now my loins are properly girded. <laughs> and 
I'm ready. We're doing 1972, which of course is the explosion of Ziggy Stardust. Yeah, and wow. Bowie's best known album, The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust. Yes. Letters from Mars. Yes. So it's, uh, I'm be wearing platform boots for the yep. whole thing. I'm going to have a, a like carrot colored mullet. Definitely. Jake and I are both going to be incredibly androgynous. Yeah. Just, Jake's going to be uh, performing fellatio on his guitar oh, through most of the no, episode. Nope. Nope, I'm not going to be doing that. <laughs> are, you, are you sure, Jack? I'm are not you? going to be doing that. That's uh, what Mick Ronson would do <laughs> if, you, if you were here with us today. <laughs> well, in the spirit of Mick, I guess I'll give it a try. <laughs> I thought you probably would. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a, a DVD award for the uh, episode that's going to the longest to mention Mick Ronson. <laughs> yeah, we're at the very end. The very end. So, 1972 coming at you. Wow. Next episode. Dylan was Until doing... Then, Oh, yeah, go I'm ahead. I'm Charlie, and I like Bowie. I'm Jake, and I love Dylan. And we'll see you next time. Bye.